You are now listening to It's a Streamable Life, Crying Clean Life in a Peak Entertainment Era. Hello, and welcome back to this episode of It's a Streamable Life, Crying Clean Life in a Peak Entertainment Era. We are your host, Lauren. And I'm Brandon. And we are back a day late, but not a dollar short. <laughs> uh, ready for this week's episode. How has your weekend been? It was pretty good. Uh, my grandmother and my aunt came up from North Carolina. So we uh, spent some time with them and then just kind of chilled out. And, uh, it was cool this weekend, finally. So it was good. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I had a work event Saturday, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, they our uh, hospital acquired some facilities in a neighboring city that would have lost healthcare services. So they had like a wow. field day for the citizens there, and it was a, it really turned out really well. So yeah, it was pretty good. All right, and we'll get started with this episode with our ill lists, news, and whatnot in the entertainment era or arena and our first uh headline is atlanta news after being gone for about what a year yeah just about whole entire year fx announced that um ahead of season three um atlanta's also has been renewed for season four and both will be shot in 2020 so i have a feeling this these two might be the last two seasons because i mean four seasons pretty good and everyone's basically busy right right and that's a show i don't think you want to run too long and it just becomes bothersome at that point just like exactly so yeah i already saw where um brian tari henry had to drop out of a quiet place too because i mean he's got this he's got marvel eternals going on and that's gonna book him for even longer so he had to drop that but good reason to leave a project is for another one. Right, right. And our second headline, um, casting news was announced for Paramount's Coming to America 2. And it includes the return of James Earl Jones, um, James Woods, Paul Bates. Um, I saw this week that, uh, oh, I can't remember the actress's name. Oh, I the know one, what you're talking about. Uh, the woman who plays uh, the love interest. Right, because is returning as well. I believe it's something Shari, Headley, Shari Headley or Sherry. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah, she's yeah. she's confirmed to return. And then some new faces. Um, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, is attached to it. Uh, Kiki Lane from it was if Bill Street could talk is to play uh, Akeem's daughter, and then comedian Jermaine Fowler is allegedly playing his alleged son. So that's where like the setup there and apparently rick ross is in the film oh, i saw somewhere where i guess they record in his house because it has like the largest pool in america it used to be holy uh evander holyfield's home wow so they're doing some taping there which was interesting okay but yeah it's looks like it's shaping up to be a hell of a yeah. Sequel there. The, the first uh, one's hilarious. I, I love that. Right, it's a classic. So, of, of course, it won't match that 
magic, but I think it will be a right. something for a new generation to appreciate. In other news, we have Disney Plus announcing their $12.99 bundle, which will include Hulu and ESPN Plus. And most people figured they'd have some type of bundle service to where you can get all these streaming services in one package. Right. Um, I probably wouldn't get it because I have Hulu now and I've got add-ons to where I don't want to lose it. So I'm pretty sure that's only the, the non-free ad version you get right. in that bundle. So, yeah, this still seems like something. It seems like it's gonna be exciting. I think. Yeah, you know, definitely. Plus thing. Um, it seems like every time we read something about it, something better than what we last read comes out. So. Exactly, um, and they've already said you know over three hundred hours of Fox features will be on there. No telling right. what that one includes. I know The Simpsons, their entire catalog is supposed to be on there. So. It'll be interesting. Yeah, and uh, oh, I wish I had saved the article, but there was an article I saw this week, just like, and it was just kind of titled like, "What does Netflix do next?" And uh, the kind of the subheading was like, you know, uh, the the originator is kind of losing footing in the streaming world. So yeah, I saw this a similar article, just how they're sort of they are the kind of losing grip and right all their choices to cancel shows and right. pass a show and stuff. So it, it's going to be interesting right. to say the least. And a bit of a controversial news, Universal Pictures pulled uh, The Hunt right. from release after, of course, after the mass shooting and Trump's false claims that the movie is racist toward elites, right. which is a false statement that can't possibly be true. But um, the film itself, The Hunt, uh, was a satirical thriller where elites were out killing, quote unquote, deplorables in like a battle royale type yeah. scenario. And I mean, given we've had films like that before, I don't see why this was an exception all of a sudden to pull. But um, it's interesting how everything we, the rules don't apply to everything. We just want to, Make right. them apply to certain things, certain situations. Right. And I mean, I wasn't going to see it anyway because yeah. I wasn't interested. I didn't even know Hillary Swank was attached. Like I thought there was just some type of clumsy indie film, but right, right. I think I I saw the trailer, and it was an interesting thought. I mean, like kind of idea, but yeah, I wasn't really like I'm gonna run out and see this. And so, right. And Trump intervening in it just, he has no place in it. Like, that's not what the president should be worried about. Right, man. Like, do your job, damn it. <laughs> it's, it's confusing. And he's conflating everything. So I don't know. So good riddance. He'll be, he'll be fine. Right. And finally, some sad news. Uh, I think it was mid last week. We got the news that Tony Morrison... Uh, the author and activist had passed away. I think I've only read two of her books. Yeah. And that was in high school. Well, yeah, high school. I read Jazz and The Bluest Eye. Yeah. What's weird is we didn't read them in high school. Not in, even in the, like, not even bragging here, but Honors English, we didn't read Toni Morrison. I was just kind of like, 
it was strange. It wasn't until college when I read her. And yeah, I've read Beloved, uh, The Bluest Eye, um, Sula, and The Song of Solomon. That's what. Yeah, I was in. I was in honors English and I think I chose jazz to read through a paper on and then I think Bluest Eye, I might have chosen that or we might have read it as a class. I can't remember. Yeah. It's it's crazy though, because um how do I say this? It, obviously people get older, but we're kinda in a time where we're losing like our greatest contributors to society. Yeah. American culture. I mean, she's gone and we lost Aretha Franklin. And I mean, it's only going to keep happening, but it's just kind of strange. It's like, you know, yeah, it's, it's really strange. And to think like, as they're leaving, we're trying to like, think like who is next? Like, you know, I'm sure they're out there. It's just, it's just in right. a weird spot. And that can, Includes our new segment. Uh, we'll transition to our TV segment, Not, where um, we had an assortment of shows to watch, I right. guess you'd say. Um, do you want to start? Because I'm not sure what you watched or if we watched the same thing or just kind of piggyback. I can't remember what was on the list. I watched a lot of TV, but if you just say the list, then. Okay, I had down like before, uh, Black Lady Sketch Show. Did you watch that? Uh, yeah, I did. I watched okay. that. What did you think of that? The second episode. It it was pretty funny. I think it was better than the first. Um, I, I don't know who my favorite character is. Quinta's funny. She's hilarious. Quinta's. I've loved her since Vine or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. She's got yeah. it. I'm really surprised at Gabrielle Dennis because I didn't think. Yeah. She had like the comedic chops. I know she was on the game, but I never, when she was announced as a cast member, I said, Oh, she does comedy, but she's really yeah. funny. And then I like the, the little cameos that pop in, like uh, Asia Naomi King. Mm -hmm. yeah, I would literally watch her in anything, but right. Story. <laughs> but, um, um, so, yeah, no, that was good. That was good. That was really good. Okay, and then I didn't catch any of these, but did you catch Sherman Showcase or Southside? I didn't watch Southside. Uh, my, Candace, my sister, for listeners, told me that that was pretty funny. Sherman Showcase was uh, was funny. It was about <laughs> it focused on it focused on like I think it was Prince. I think it was Prince and kind of just his story, but it was told by Morris Day. And then it, it just got bizarre. But one of the funny sketches was towards the end. Uh, apparently, oh, I'm trying. To, I, I, <laughs> apparently, Morris Day and Quincy Jones had originally come up with the idea to to record the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Anyway, but you have to you have to see this sketch because um, they do it. And first off, Aunt Viv starts as dark skin. They go to, they go to another scene. She's light skin. They go to another scene. She's an Asian woman with curly hair. And then, <laughs> and then in the last scene, when the family's all hugging, she's a sentient Barbie doll. She's just a little Barbie doll. There's somebody's holding her. It's so funny. It's hilarious. I didn't catch it, but I did uh, add the soundtrack to my okay. yeah. uh, library. And I have to say, the two... The gospel track and the Christian contemporary track on there are like two of my favorites because they're right. just absurd. Yeah, just drop a load for Jesus. 
Yes, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. I oh, had... It was, oh, it was Vic, Vic Mensa was playing Prince. Right, because his song's on the thing. Warm, what's the, warm, warming up a bit or... Yeah. Get the something. water warm or something. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you see anything else? Um, oh, Infamy, the new one. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, let's discuss that, because I saw that um, this summer. What did you think of the first episode? It, it was good, and I think it was just one of those episodes that kind of introduces you to everything, but um, mm-hmm. uh, it's always interesting to learn about different cultures and, like, what they believe. So, I mean, from the jump, you know, they didn't even question that it was a spirit. You know what I mean? Like, you get right. shot, and it's kind of like, uh, ghosts aren't real, blah, 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 blah. But their casket fell over, and that like, that lady was like, "Nah, bro. they followed us from Japan." <laughs> she said, "Uh, uh-uh. right it, it here." <laughs> exactly. She's like, "This is for us." But um, no, it was good, and I watched it during the day, so maybe it has a different effect at night. But um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I really appreciate the the pacing and how like yeah. the end of the episode was like the bombing, like that really sets it in right perspective i think um it's it's good writing when the first episode you already hate a character but the white guy the boss yeah, yeah he was trash he was really bad and is the main character the the girl is, he, is she pregnant is that what it is uh, or are they just can't be together because of different races i think it was both i think she wound up pregnant and that's why he went to get the vial for like yeah. An abortion or whatever. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was trying to put that together because when he was talking to the uh, woman that made him the tea and he said that, yeah, I got a girl in trouble or something, I was kind of like, wait, did I miss something? Like, Yeah, I think she, she wound up pregnant because she was supposed to take that and yeah, they, yeah that was the dilemma there, whether they're going to run away or not. All that was really good. And I like seeing um, the fresh faces. Like, I recognize some, right. of course, George Takei, but um, all new actors. Yeah. 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 It was really good. And for, for those who don't know, The Terror Infamy is a show on AMC. Um, it will explore the internment camps here in America during uh, Pearl Harbor and Vietnam, but with uh, horror, uh, supernatural narrative yeah. as well and and it does well showing you know the supernatural horror but then also the horror of right you know racism and xenophobia at that time it's very timely okay um then i started a few shows i heard about um excuse me hulu's adaptation of four weddings and the funeral I've never seen the original, so this one's being uh, produced by Mindy Colleen, and it stars uh, Masande from Game of Thrones, Natalie, I don't know her last name, or the black girl. I think it's Emmanuel, Natalie Emmanuel. Yeah, Natalie Emmanuel as the main character, and the episodes are like kind of oddly linked, like they're like 50 minutes, 47 minutes, so what I thought was two episodes was really just one but um uh basically the premise um 
just group of friends, one's getting married and one breaks up. Just a lot, of, excuse me, a lot of relationship stuff. And it's like a romantic comedy series since the film was romantic comedy and set in Britain. It was okay so far. I'm not sure. I mean, it's sort of predictable like rom-coms are, but I'm going to try to stick with it. I think it's about eight episodes, 10 episodes, I think. It's not too long. Yeah, I'll have to check it. Well, it's supposed to be getting Amazon, so we'll see. Because uh, there's some other stuff on there I need to watch. But right. Well, this is on Hulu. Oh, Hulu, my bad. Yeah. And then on Netflix, I started um, Wu Assassins because I heard a bunch of stuff about that beforehand. <clears throat> about a guy, a chef, basically, who is bestowed as the Wu Assassin to defeat five. Um, Lords of the Wu, each with a different elemental power. Um, the action's really good. Um, Louis Tan is in it. The main character is from The Raid. He's sort of a big action star on um, that side of the country, the Asian community. A lot of uh, different actors I recognize. The story, the story's good. The once the action stops, the acting's a little. Yeah. Yeah. St- stall and while I was sort of like expecting Marvel show level graphics and story, this is more like Sunday afternoon movie level cheesy kind of sort of. So I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm gonna try it again. I'm two episodes in. It it really gave me like Mortal Kombat series. Tease. And I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> but the action is good, but it's just like, for instance, there's a scene where the main character and this woman who's like an undercover cop are supposed to go get a windshield from a junkyard. And the first black people to appear in the series are these Jamaicans who jump them. And it's like, what? Yeah, it's really weird. Like, Hmm. I don't know. It's it's set in San Francisco, and there's some potential there, but I'm just kind of figure out where it where it's going. Like it seems a little uneven. I saw it on there, so I may give it a a watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it two more episodes, and I think it's already been renewed, possibly. I saw an article about season two, so okay. I guess they're going for the long haul there. And I also saw the Claws finale on Sunday um it was pretty good it sort of reset the series for season four I know some people felt a little even on this season because there's a lot going on there are a lot of bodies dead this season um so we'll have to just see if it gets renewed where it heads for the fourth season and I think that's all I had for tv wise did you have anything else uh no not tv wise I, I didn't watch anything Okay, and then we'll done with the TV segment. We'll transition to no concessions, where we discuss uh, films. Uh, before we get to this stuff, did, were there any movies that you watched that you need to highlight? Um, let's see. No, no. I I started a documentary on Netflix called the The Family. I guess I could have put this in the last part, but it was all it's. Was it good? Cause my coworker told me he watched it. Yeah, it it's interesting. It's definitely interesting, but it's like um, 
it's not a full-on documentary like it's it's what are they i can't remember what it's called but like there's a there's somebody talking and you see the live interview with him but then there's also somebody acting out what he's saying you know what i mean okay so it's like a it's like those id shows where it's like a yeah actual dramatization of yeah exactly okay so the acting in those is kind of like oh my god it's weird but the story is kind of creepy i mean it's kind of like wow so i'm on i think episode three and i'm not sure how many episodes there are but i'll probably finish it It'll probably just take me a little bit of time okay because i had that written down to check out because he told me it was like pretty pretty weird yeah it is it's, it's very weird it's like oh god okay so for no concessions, uh, we'll start with the box office this weekend. Um, as a repeat winner was Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw with $25 million. And following that was The Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I've heard was good, and then I heard it was, wasn't good. Yeah. I, I didn't see it, but when I – I read the book as a kid, obviously, but when – I hear Guillermo del Toro, and then I saw that it was like PG-13. I was like, oh. Yeah. And someone said, like, it's set in the 60s, which I didn't get from the trailer. No, not at all. So that's interesting. It might be something I stream later or something like that. Right, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, number three was Lion King uh, with $20 million. Apparently, I talk conflicting news reports, but... Disney said it's its highest-rated animated film, beating Frozen, but it's not animated technically. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure. I saw articles that they they announced it like that. NASA article said that they don't claim it like that. So I don't know what the truth is. Right. And then debut number four was Dora and the Lost City of Gold, with 17 million. I actually listened to a podcast review that, and they said it was pretty good for you know. Yeah that kid demographic um if you watch dora explorer it was some good nostalgia i guess yeah. i think that's what i was confused on is uh, who is the movie for because dora came on maybe when i was starting high school but i don't, I don't is she still on is dora explorer still no, on? i don't think so oh i don't think so no but um the people on the podcast they might be around your age or okay. like mid-20s and the girl was like she loved watching it. You know, she was um, of Latinx descent. And she said she loved watching it. And it was a big deal when it came out. Uh, right. A Mexican girl having a lead in a, a TV series like that, animated. Yeah. So um, they, they said it was pretty decent and kids enjoyed it. So, I mean. Okay. That's good. That's the goal. And then number five was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with $11.6 million. And then two spots below that you can't see <laughs> at number seven was the deplorable debut of The Kitchen, oh, which set a record bomb for leads Tiffany Haddish and Melissa McCarthy. They've never had a film debut that low before. Wow. I think the amount was like five million or something of that nature. So, yeah, I was interested in this movie, and then the reviews started coming out, and it was not light at all. Yeah. It didn't really see much in terms of marketing, or it came late, I guess. Yeah, I saw people saying that they didn't even know it was coming out. I remember 
I mean, for me, like I'm reading up every day about this stuff. So I saw the trailer and stuff, but um, yeah, a lot of people said they didn't know it was coming out. And then folks who did see it said it did no justice to the the leads that were in the film. Like the talent there was wasted between the writing and directing. They said the violence was gratuitous for no reason. And to be based on like a graphic novel, right? you couldn't tell from the trailer at all. Like there was no stylization or anything to give it that nor pop or anything. So I was yeah. really thought that uh just from the way that she acts and her other things, I thought Tiffany Haddish would have been good, like kind of in a drama, but Yeah, they they said the writing just sort of failed them. Right. I don't know. They said Elizabeth Moss was like the shining star but i mean not by much evident apparently um in other news we've received the first trailer for eddie murphy's big sort of return a netflix movie uh titled dolomite is my name yeah and um this film is basically about rudy ray moore who created this the character uh dolomite back in the 70s to sort of like Foster his own movie career, and he sort of broke out as like a black exploitation star. Right. I, the trailer made it look really good. Yeah, and there's a lot of known people in it. There's Wesley yeah. Snipes. In it and... Yeah, the cast is amazing. Wesley Snipes, Titus Burgess. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, shoot, I always get his name. Michael Keegan. Oh, Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I always get them mixed up. I've also said Keegan Michael Peel, and that's not the way it goes. Right, right. He's in it. Um, Mike Epps is in this. Yeah, I saw that. I'm trying to think who I saw in the trailer. Just a bunch of people. Right, right. It looks like a solid return for one of comedy's greatest actors, and he's and he's showing off his dramatic chops too. Yeah. So it should be good. Should be really good. And then you've got the Deuce teaser trailer for what's season three or season four? Season three, and this is the final season. Um, it starts uh, September 9th. Um, and the trailer just kind of showed them what well, every season moves up in time. So now they're kind of like the 80s heading towards the 90s. And Oh, wow. Yeah. So now porn's moving out of theaters and onto videotapes. And it, it looked like. Some of the photos and the, the trailer look like something out like the GTA, like Grand Theft Auto, the Miami Vice one, like <laughs> and, and and bright colors. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. I, and I feel like that this season they they're gonna go all out. Like, yeah, I need to I need to try and like finish that out because even Brittany started watching it and she was like, "Long, you've got to start this." Yeah, it's good. And it's kind of the way that um. Uh, I won't. The guy that did it did The Wire, and I won't say that it's that good. But, mm-hmm. uh, why can't I think of his name right now? David Simon. Yes, his shows always kind of get looked over, like Treme and all that. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. It may be one of the shows when a couple of your people will. Yeah, people will kind of appreciate. Right. It seems to happen all the time. Right, because people love The Wire. <laughs> Yeah, way after the fact. All right, and that concludes our film segment. 
and we will segue into our feature presentation. Uh, we are continuing our countdown to the Emmys, which premieres September 22nd at 8 p.m. on Fox. And today we will be addressing the nominees for Best Actress under Limited Series or Movie, Comedy, and Drama. So to start off, our Limited Series nominations are Amy Adams for Sharp Objects, Patricia Arquette for Escape at Danamora, Anjane Ellis for When They See Us, Joey King for The Act, Nisi Nash for When They See Us, and Michelle Williams for Fosse Verdon. Okay. Let's see. I've seen a lot of these. Still haven't seen When They See Us. Not emotionally prepared for that. Uh, I've seen one episode. Um, so I'll do this. I'll cut out Joey King because that was, yeah. Uh, was it good? Well, wait, hold on. Maybe think about something else. Oh, nope. <laughs> I haven't seen that. That was on Hulu. That was, yeah, the, uh, that was the one about Gypsy Rose. And right. I feel like they sort of, everyone wanted a story on that. So they did a right. show. Someone did a documentary. There was another show on Lifetime. It's like, okay. Right. Okay. Well, my bad. <laughs> I'm not going to figure out what I was thinking about. Anyways, um, what's going to be between Amy Adams and Michelle Williams for me? Um, so we're doing who I think would win, will win, and who I think should win. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to go against Patricia Arquette. I, I mean, I heard she's good in that. Yeah. Um, I heard. I don't, you know what? I think Amy Adams should win because Sharp Objects was crazy. But I would think maybe Patricia Arquette will win. I don't know. Maybe they'll sneak it in there. Yeah, I think I, I agree. Um, Patricia's sort of been on like a renaissance, if yeah. you will. Um, she had this. She had, well, I think she won the Golden Globe last year for this. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then she's also nominated for supporting for the act, I believe, because she plays yeah. the mom. Um, and then Amy Adams always gets ignored. Like she's been nominated a bunch for, mm -hmm. for a bunch of roles, and she was really good in Sharp Objects. I would say, I would say that too. But I would be I, a dark horse. I would say Nisi Nash. Like yeah. she's very under the current. Like she's she has the drama chops as well. But I could see her taking it. And and as for Michelle Williams, I watched Fosse and Verdon on a. FX and she she was the best part because she was the most believable. But uh, the show just didn't have the juice. I was I was bored after a while. It was like eight episodes and just nah. But she was she was good. But I don't know. So I guess we'll see. Mm. Okay, and then we'll transition to comedy where we have. Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Julia, Julia Louise Dreyfus for Veep, Natasha Lyonne for Russian Doll, Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag. I think this one will definitely be. This will be tough. A lot of new names in there. 
Um, Dead to me was surprisingly good. That's the one you start that. Yeah. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> not seen any of Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. was good. Russian Doll. Shit's Creek's hilarious. Um, all right. Let me just get to the point. <laughs> Who do I think should win? I would say Catherine O'Hara. I, I agree. Um, I think they may give it to Julia Louise Dreyfus. I don't know. Yeah, they. she's won like five other times. Right, right. So it would, I mean, final season, yeah, but try to switch it up. Right. Did you watch Russian Doll? I have not. I heard it was really good. It's it's good, but it's not, it's not as good as I think everybody's saying it is. Natasha Leone is obviously she's the best part. Right, right. But um yeah. I, I think I think Catherine O'Hara should win because I mean they're just now nominating her for the last season. Right. Of Shit's Creek. And she's she's hilarious. She's like a legend. But I think they'll give it the Phoebe Waller Bridge for Fleabag because I've heard that show's amazing. Yeah, people love it. I think it's uh so yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a that's a hard one. Really. Yeah, that's a very hard category. And I would just like to say I don't understand how Anthony Anderson was is nominated for Best Comedy and then Tracy right. Ellis Ross is not here for Blackish. Yeah. Like at least put put somebody in there. If you're right. gonna use the black one, put her in there. Because I don't, and I don't see Regina Hall either for Black Monday. Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure how many people saw that though. I was late to that. But Don Cheadle's nominated though. Oh, well. So, yeah. like, you watch it, but did you not want, like, what are, what's what? going on? <laughs> it's just weird. So, what brings us to our final category for drama? We've got three actresses from Game of Thrones. And I think I forgot to put the other people in there. No, I didn't. No, they're in Best Supporting, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Okay, never mind. So we've got one from Game of Thrones. Okay. Emily Clark, Game of Thrones. Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. Viola Davis for How to Deal with Murder. Laura Lenny for Ozark. Mandy Moore for This Is Us. Sandra Oh for Killing Eve. Robin Wright for House of Cards. Immediately, I don't know why Robin Wright is there. So. Right, yeah. Just narrow it down. I think it's going to be between... Did you watch This Is Us? Oh, yes. Okay, so you would know more about that because I did not. Yeah. So. Mandy, Mandy's been absent. This is her first nomination. Oh, okay. And she literally deserves it. Um, She's great on that show. So I would say... She should get it. Right. But I think this is hard. She should get it, but then Jodie Comer should get it too. Right. right. Because she's brilliant on that show. And yeah. I yeah, my should will go to Jodie Comer. My who I think will win it. I just think it's because so many people love this show. I feel like Amelia Clark will win it. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Yeah. 
But I could see them just tossing it to them since it was the last season. But that's going to cause some controversy because, of course, people didn't like this season or the ending. So, yeah. I I love Viola, but she shouldn't be there either. And I think they just stuck her in there because she's been there before. Right, right. Um, I don't know who else they could have put, but somebody else could have gone there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, my should would be Jodie Comer, uh, who I think will win, would be Amelia Clark. It's hard to go against Sandra Oh, but Jodie Comer is just so much good. There is no show without her. Right, right. Sandra is excellent, but Jodie is like everything. Like, she's right. the. Yeah, that that relationship works because of her. Exactly. So, so we will have to see on September twenty second who takes the Emmy. Getting closer. Good yeah, job. it really is. Time is clicking away. All right. All right. So, where are you streaming for the weekend? All right. Well, on Friday, um, Mind Hunter, the show about the serial killers, um, comes back on Netflix for a second season. And this focus is on the Atlanta child murders. And that's the main big case that they're trying to fall, uh, solve. And then they have, you know, little ones sprinkled around, like from last season of there's Charles Manson and different serial killers. And it's really good. Like, um, I didn't know what to expect when I first watched it the first season, but um, mm-hmm. uh, I was, was really like surprised at how good it was. And then um, that and uh, Lodge 49. Now this is a show that I accidentally caught the first episode and it was, uh, oh, I'm not mistaken. It came on after, whatchamacallit, Infamy. Yeah. Right, I just watched it. And Mm -hmm. now I need to go back and watch the first season. (laughs) So I heard it's like a, awkwardly not awkwardly but like a awkwardly great comedy or something like yeah yeah that's how i i've heard it described uh, as bizarre strange but it, that it's good so um that's what i'm watching this weekend i'm gonna try to at least how about okay. you um well let's see wednesday i'll be tuning in to the premiere of david makes man oh, on yeah. own at 10 p.m this show is like it's definitely, like they said, something that's never been on TV before. It's a coming-of-age story, of course, from um, the writer behind Moonlight. Okay. Writer of the play, the behind Moonlight. Um, and it just, it's based in Florida, where he's from, sort of like a similar environment to the film Moonlight, about a boy trying to decide if he wants to conform to his environment or, you know, excel to the potential he has and sort of rise above it. And it's very artful. Um, Felicia Rashad is a supporting character. Wow. And most of the other actors are new, especially um, the main, uh, the lead, who's actually only like 14. When, when I saw him, I figured he was like 20 something playing younger. Right, right. But um, he's literally, he's a, a teenager and that sort of brings like an extra yeah an extra weight to it because usually that older playing younger thing sort of you can kind of pick it out and exactly. 
and kind of brush it off, but he's really good. And they do a great job of representation. There's um, just everything there. So I'm, hope, I'm hoping it does really well. Yeah, I have to check it out. You said it's on Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday at 10 on OWN. And then for, um, I guess I'll keep watching Wu Assassins and Four Weddings and Funerals just to see see where things go. Yeah. Whether I'll stay on the right or not. I want to try to support Wu Assassins because it is like Asian American representation and sort of a different series. So. And I'll also throw in there the Patriot Act. It's returned for like a third, they're like third segment okay. or whatever. Um, new episodes every Sunday, but I'm going to try back and watch some episodes from the last season. But this past week, he did, um, shoot, it wasn't the video game industry. He did fentanyl. Oh, wow. That's and basically crazy. talked about how like the large supply comes from China and opioid, opioid um, pharmaceutical companies pumped us all with medications. And then when we cut folks off and went to heroin, and then the fentanyl came and they pushed that onto patients who didn't need it and got them addicted to the point where now those same companies that got in trouble with the opioids are pushing Narcan to make a, a buck yeah. so folks can revive themselves from dying from laced heroin. It's like a crazy cycle. So the show is really good. Yeah. I, I, when it started, I, uh, I didn't jump onto it. So I have to, and that that's like, he comes with the episode like every week. It's just not uploaded right away. Isn't it? Right. It's every Sunday. It's a new episode, but you can go back and watch the last two seasons or whatever. And there's like half hour segments. It's like Daily Show, but like darker, I think you'd say, because he really like gets into like some shit. Like, wow. like the video game industry episode, he explores how like a uh, video game developer company sort of treat their workers bad and they'll do a, a hiring blaze when they need to get a game done. And then once they make the profit, they lay off all the workers and stuff. So, yeah. And that concludes this episode of Is a Streamable Life. Um, please listen, subscribe where you listen to podcasts, and continue to look for content on streamablelifewordpress.com. Um, you can follow us there. You can follow us on Streamable Life on Facebook, <clears throat> or Streamable Pod, sorry, on Facebook, and uh, AS Life Podcast on Twitter. So. This episode 15, and we will hopefully see you next right. week. Right. <laughs> All right, I'm out. All right, peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life, chronicling life in the peak entertainment era. Listen weekly on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you listen to podcasts.